Welcome to that Florida podcast and on this episode I finally get to talk to Veronica and Dave Youngwood about RVing full time in Florida and RV parks. It's a really good interview but I must apologise from the outset for not introducing Veronica and Dave properly to the podcast and the very first voice you'll hear just sneakily is Tony Ann at the tail end of an interview I did for Disney Crush. So without further ado, here's the wonderful Veronica and Dave. You guys are going to talk about RVing in Florida. Yeah. Caravanning. 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 <laughs> right. Right. Hi, Bye. Veronica. Hello. Hello. How are you? Really good, really good. This RVing, I, I've been looking at upgrading my, my trailer. and uh, Really? I've got my heart set on a 1983 t23 volkswagen camper and my wife is doing her nut <laughs> well volkswagen campers there is that the um we would call like a um i think you call it a westphalia where you drive it yeah. yes yeah a westphalia i think is what it, they, they um did them in america yes and and honestly i would love one of those i think dave and i are looking to, to get something just like that mm-hmm. we're gonna start actively looking for that because we have two now, one's a little smaller, and one is really big. So just yeah. as a practical uh, size, I think that would be better. Yeah, I think Deborah's not into us buying an RV, but uh, she's not. No, we we had them and we lived in them years ago. Ah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> well, we are now, so I I can understand that adjustment. Yeah. So basically, I give quickly my history with RVs or caravans. We moved down, relocated from. Oxford, which is mainland, middle of middle of the UK, down to the tiny island of the Isle of Wight. Sold our houses up in Oxford, moved down with the money in the bank, and we brought mm-hmm. down a 21-foot RV or, or a caravan. We parked it on a, a campsite over here, and we lived in that for about four months while we looked for a property over here that I bought cash. So the property we live in mm-hmm. now, I bought it cash, and it needed a lot of work doing to it and what have you. And then we, so we lived in the RV, we lived in the caravan with two year old and a six year old for four months. So that wow. was, uh, yep. yeah, I think that put Deborah off of, um, <laughs> well, no, we kept that RV, we kept that caravan up until 2017 when I sold it when we bought DVC, Disney Vacation Club. So wow. that's, that's our, our, my history with RVs. And then I bought this little teardrop trailer I've got now just purely for somewhere for me to sleep when I go motorcycle racing, following the bikes and stuff like that. But we do go away in it all around the island with Deborah and we're going away next weekend to visit with friends up in Oxford so it's quite handy Mm. I mean in the UK sort of caravans RVs are used for weekends and stuff like that away and we have some really Mm -hmm. good nice sites you know all the the electric hookup and stuff like that but your American ones are a little different I've done a little bit of research into your RVs (laughs) and the costs of of the pictures I cannot believe how much Disney want for a pitch campsite at Wilderness Lodge. Mm-hmm. Yes, 
And I've done some comparisons for you today. So um, going from now Florida and all states have state parks. And what that is, that's just land that the state has either taken over or to preserve. They want to preserve a lot of the natural land in Florida, especially. And um, so they create campsites. Some of them have caverns and springs. So they usually have a really cool natural feature to them that the state is preserving. However, they put in campsites, which brings in revenue and allows you to camp there. And that is your cheapest way to go in Florida. So you can camp there for $24 a night. Now they charge you an additional seven for electric, but it's very reasonable. If you're over 65, that's cut in half, which brings it down to $12 a night. Or um, if you are disabled, it's half price as well. If you compare that, now Dave and I are staying in a state park for G3 and the cost of that, now we're going to be there six nights and the total cost of that will be $133 for six nights. That's not too bad. Couldn't park a, <laughs> you couldn't park a car for that, could you, in some places? Right. Now, compare that to there are other RV resorts around Disney, which is not Fort Wilderness, but more of a um, higher level RV park with amenities and pools and all of that. And that would have cost us $820. For the same six nights. And then you have Fort Wilderness, which is essentially varies from 97 a night to 173 per night. And that's those prices I got were weeknights, not weekends, and not in, you know, we're not talking Christmas time or anything. So you could see the difference between the Fort Wilderness, fancy RV parks versus the state parks. Much better deal. Yeah, I looked at the RV park that you're talking about, Wil uh, Camp Wilderness. Is it? Uh-huh. Fort Wilderness. Fort Wilderness, that's uh -huh. it, yeah. Yeah. And I priced up sort of staying there. And like you say, that it starts at low end, just under $100, and goes up from there, basically, depending on when you're staying. But when you add that in for someone coming from the UK like me, and then a, the hire of an RV, right. even if you're getting a trailer, a lot of them will, will actually pitch it for you, and you can turn up, mm -hmm. and literally it will be on your pitch, and you can use that as your accommodation. I think going forward, if you were a family, say, of six or eight, it's in a very economical way of staying on Disney's property still, if you compare mm -hmm. that to having two or three rooms at Pop Century, for instance. Right. From that point of view, it would be cheap. But for me and Deborah to come there and hire a small RV, it would, wouldn't be worthwhile, unfortunately. Some I'd like to do. Of course, I would like right. to drive across America in an RV, and that ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We haven't done it yet. Someday. Yeah. Um, the, thing, the thing about Fort Wilderness, those prices, it also depends on what size RV you have. Now, because we have a, we have a pop-up, we also have a Class A 37-foot. Uh, those are the prices for the pop-up site, driving over our pop-up and staying. Now, if we were to bring the bigger RV, we're talking a lot more at Fort Wilderness because you have to get the larger sites and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, we have to take that into account as well. Yeah, those larger RV sites, I mean, all of, them, all of them come with power and sewerage and, and stuff like that and water, obviously. Mm -hmm. see in the yes. See, in the UK, we have what we normally stay at is an electric-only pitch. I've been staying this summer on what they call grass pitches at, at 
motorcycle mm-hmm. meets and stuff like that. And that is just a piece of grass. And actually, it's more like a, <laughs> the last one I stayed on was more like a bog. It was more like a swamp than a, than a caravan pitch. And you got no amenities, yeah. no electric, no water, no gap, no nothing like that. And you just basically are on your own. And they and their start around here in the UK from around ten to fifteen pounds, so twenty dollars a night. Right. Sorry, in the UK you can, I can if I have behind my house there's about a quarter of an acre of land. Now if I own that quarter of an acre of land, I could set up a thing called a CL, which is a caravan site for five unit, five oh. units only. And I don't need planning permission for that. I have to own mm. land and I have to have access in and out. All I have to provide is an access in and out. I have to provide a toilet. I don't have to provide house and waste loss or anything like that. But I can do that. And But they're sort of charging 10 12 $13 maybe a night. So those sort of things exist and are popped up all over the country. So a lot of these people live in what they call in van life in the UK will use mm-hmm. those or they will actually... We've just gone today, walk down the beach, the seafront at Cowes, and you go out of so far about a quarter of a mile along the seafront. It's beautiful. And then all of a sudden, there's one camper van, then there's two, then there's three. I counted mm. six along there, and they're, they're just literally, there's no parking restriction there. Mm-hmm. So they park That's... up on the side of the road, and some of them stay there for weeks on end. And there's Yeah, no they call that boondocking. boondocking. They call that boondocking here. Yeah, but this and... is on a tarmac road. This is yeah. in the middle yeah. of nowhere. Not, yeah. yeah. Well, we have, and I don't know if you have this or something like this, but we have, there are kind of clubs that you can buy here. You can buy into. Yeah. So there's one called the Harvest Hosts. And what that does, I think it starts at 48 or $99 a year. And all over the United States, there are people that sign up. They, they have farms. They have either, a lot of them are distilleries, vineyards, and you notify them and you could bring your camper van there for a night and it's free of charge. They're all over the country. And what they hope is that when you go, you'll visit the vineyard, you'll buy some of their wine. So there's no charge to stay, but then you should visit what they have to offer, um, support them in that way. But it gets you all over the country in places that there are no official RV sites. I don't know. I think that is a great way to see parts of the country that you wouldn't normally see. And you're alone. You're not going to be in a tight RV, you know, campground. These are just as you're traveling across the country. See, you could do this. You hop from harvest host to harvest host, Kevin, and you could make your way right across the country. See? Yeah, I've seen that on some vlogs. We do a similar thing in here. And of course, we being British, it's called pub stops. So <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it's an app that you download on your phone. And I think uh-huh. it's about £10 a year. And you then can log into the app, see what pubs offer it. And then you contact that pub and say to them, look, we're coming to you tonight. Can we stay over? They'll allow you to park in their, their car park full of night. They usually mm-hmm. have a couple of two or three they allocate right at the bottom, of, you know, out of the way. And they'll tell you you need to stay in those three parking spaces. And yeah. then you're expected to go into the pub and buy a drink or have a meal or something like that. And I think they're great, but for legal purposes, you can only do it in an RV or a camper van that has a motor. So you've got to drive it. I couldn't take my trailer in there and sleep in my oh, trailer. Okay. There's some legal technicality there that you can't do in the UK. But yeah, there's, those pub stops are quite good. And there's another app mm-hmm. in the UK or across Europe called Park for Night. And people look up wow. places that, they, that 
people have stopped and sometimes it's quite legal and above board and other times it's a little bit shady you know <laughs> you don't know until you get there is that it <laughs> well there's people review it and say you know what's happened on it whether or not anybody's come up to them knocked on the door and said you can't park here or something or if it's yeah. been quiet or if there's a lot of noise those sort of things so those that that's two sort of things we have in the uk at similar but like i say in a van as we would call it in the uk they do parking in pub car parks quite often and like i said to deborah that that would work for us really well because at the end of the day i'm not cooking when we're away deborah doesn't like cooking if we have to stop at a pub and go and have a meal that would suit us down the ground because you've got to eat anyway haven't you right right and we do have places like that we don't have an app all over the united states I'm sure you know Walmart. You yeah. can anyone could go to Walmart and park in the parking lot at night for free. You just pull in and park. Um, and also, we have a restaurant here, Cracker Barrel, which is usually by the highways, and they have parking spots specifically for RVs. Actually, large sites, a lot of them have big pull-throughs where we could take our big RV and sleep at a Cracker Barrel for the night if we wanted to during while we're traveling. Yeah, I mean this and. Um, sleep there for the night all and we have the cracker barrels too so those are restaurants and gift shops they're usually by a highway which makes it really convenient if you're traveling and just want to pull off the road and sleep for the night but they have large parking spots designated for rvs um, usually big pull-through sites as well so we could we would be able to bring our big RV and have no problem spending the night at a Cracker Barrel. You go in and eat. It's a great way, I think, to, while you're traveling. Sometimes you don't want to make a reservation. You don't know what time you're going to hit the town. You don't know, you know, you can't, you don't have that detail when you start a trip. So I think it makes it nice for traveling. Yeah, I've seen that on a few vlogs. I follow Endless Adventures and they've got mm -hmm. a tow behind and they've also got a real old vintage RV and they've got one one side of America and one in the, in the Midwest. And it's down in California at the moment, traveling around in their RV. And they tow a little Suzuki, mm -hmm. um, a little Suzuki Jiminy behind it. Or we would call a Jiminy. Yeah. I don't know what you call them. S SJ210 or something like that. I suspect it is. But yeah, they, they yeah. do the pull, pull behind with the, the vehicle. And they also have a, a pull behind, um, car. See that? And I've seen them stay at Cracker Barrels and I've seen them stay at, um, rest stops like that. So that mm -hmm. makes it sort of, we couldn't do that in the UK. If I go, I leave work, I live on the Isle of Wight, so we have a ferry. This ferry fleeces you, so I hmm. normally leave work at midnight, take my trailer over and get the 1am ferry, which is the cheapest ferry you can get. That will keep the ferry crossing down under $150. If not, sometimes it's $300 to get off the island and back. Wow. And you're talking about a three-metre trailer, nine-foot trailer. Nine-foot. Just think how, how long nine-foot is. That's what all I'm pulling behind my compact car. And, you know, yeah. my... So that costs us a lot of money. So I would, I would do a stop in a lay-by on the way up to wherever I'm going and sleep in the trailer, which you're not supposed to do. But I would do that because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it saves me so much money. Well, I can't go into one of these motorway service stations and stay overnight. You only got a two-hour window or they send you a 40 or 50 pound ticket. So we wow, don't really? cater for that sort of stuff. No, we don't cater yeah. for that. It, 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 it's a big mess, really. And... You know, the motorway service stations in the UK, you, you go in, they, they clock you as you go in via your number plate, because we have number plates on the front of our cars here in the UK. They clock that, and your time's ticking there. You've got two hours in most of them to go in, buy fuel, have something to eat, and move on. It's a wow. big thing. Whereas 
I know in the US, mm-hmm. like Bucky's and places like that, they're like a, a destination on their own, aren't they? Yes. We also have just rest stops on the highway and you can sleep there all night. You can pull in next to the big trucks and spend the night. You know, there's no restriction to pulling in or pulling out in those either. They don't have restaurants. They have vending machines for food. But if you need to get off the road and sleep, you know, there is no no problem doing that. And even in Florida, you're traveling decent amount, amounts of miles and time, aren't you? Whereas in the UK, mm-hmm. I mean, I could drive... I'm, a, I'm as far south as you can get without being French. Uh, even if I drove continuously <laughs> to the top of Scotland, I could do that realistically in a day, day, day and a half easily. So it's not that big a country. Do you know what I mean? I can drive mm-hmm. to the Scottish border in maybe six or eight solid hours driving. Wow. Which now do you have? Do you have a hard time getting um, RV reservations? in the campsites in your rv resort they, how is that for you I, over there i belong to one club one one of the we have two big main clubs in the uk one's called the camping and caravanning club which i belong to and one's now called the motorhome and caravan club now that one won't take me i'm not allowed to go there they won't take me on any of their sites because is, it's too small they, they don't consider a teardrop trailer a live a, a livable space because my trailer is literally a double mm-hmm. bed on wheels. That's all it is. And they will not take right. that as a dwelling. So I can't use that club. So I don't, that saves me 40 or 50 pounds a year. The other one, I, I always book it on online. Everything's done online now. I don't even have a mm-hmm. card. Book it online. I think it's 45 pound a year. It saves me 30% on the prices of the pitches. So you get a club price and you get a price. So if you stay more than four or five nights in a year, on a club site, it pays for itself. Okay. So we do that. Yeah, we don't have too much problem, but then we only travel outside of school holidays. If you're looking to book somewhere on certainly the motorhome club site, it used to be you had to book it as soon as the reservation opened up a year in advance, or you wouldn't get pitch. But they, they're like much, a much nicer sites, much nicer, nicer um, facilities, showers and stuff like that are much cleaner and nicer. And more modern but then they charge you a lot more money for it as well I mean, when we had the rv i didn't care because we had all the facilities inside it it didn't matter i just stay wherever but with a new one we obviously a little teardrop you only got a, a, a double bed and a tent on the side or an awning right i know as it as it is now we don't worry too much about the facilities or anything because both our pop-up and of course the big one have we have everything we need with us so basically we need we need to sleep. We need a place to sleep. So that's why we go to state parks a lot. So all you just re- for the expense. We just need a place to plug in and right. All you need is, an, um, all you really need is somewhere to park the vehicle, isn't it? This level. David yes. doesn't have to get out. I expect yours levels up anyway, doesn't it, David? You, you can yeah. level it. Yeah. yeah, it's got leveling. Yeah. But I mean, it's all about the electric. <laughs> we need air conditioning, you know, a lot of the months here. So you can't. You can't go anywhere with no power or generator. That's the one thing we have to think about. Um, In, yeah, the, the big, the the big rig does have a generator. The uh, small pop up doesn't. So the generator, if we needed to use a generator, we could get power from that. But so yeah, we're looking use, for using the petrol again? generator. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, but right now us looking for the same thing you are. Let's see if let's see who's more successful faster. <laughs> I've in got, that camper van. I don't know if David see it. I shared the pictures of it. That it, it's lovely. Oh. 
it's it's nice it's expensive he wants a lot of money for it he, he's done a lot of work to it it's been mm-hmm. on the market for a long time and i've been sitting quietly watching it and deborah's going no yeah. no you're not spending that money you don't you know you're not you're not a mechanic to keep it going cause it's got carburetors and all these sort of fancy things in it that they and it's a early vw liquid cooled that i'm looking at but we will see what happens I'll, I'm, i know i'm holding out until we come back from because we're going to see each other in a about three weeks time aren't we so i know i know i'm excited about that so you bring so it down the, to it. the big rv are you because you do you full time in that now we live we do live in it now full time so we are not bringing that with us we're bringing the smaller the pop-up which is fine it's not really it's a bigger pop-up it actually has a it seats six at our dinette table it pulls out we have a slide shower everything everything in that pop-up we need. And now that we don't have kids with us, we realize it really is a nice pop-up. <laughs> we're not toting around the two kids and all their stuff. And um, so we're going to do that just for just for our ease. I mean, moving the big RV is harder because we, have, we live in it permanently. So it's really putting everything up, putting everything away. This is easier. We put it on the back of the car and go. So we're going to do that. See, that when I take my teardrop out, the biggest hassle really is getting out of my back garden. Really? That's yeah. where, I mean, there's only about six inches either side of it. Once I've got it out, yeah. you don't notice it behind the car because it's narrower in the car. So it tows lovely. So, your to- it, yeah. so you call it a pop-up. Is that a f- what we would call a folded camera? So does it fold down to like a trailer and it unfolds like this? Or is it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so that's what we'd call it for. It's, that's what I always book my car, my, my teardrop as on, because there's no, you know, when there's specifications on campsites, there's never a specification for a teardrop. It's always a caravan or right. a um, folding trailer. So I always put a folding trailer in. It's always a few pounds cheaper. And the way I look at it, basically the same thing. It's just a bed that, and then I put a awning over the top. I've never had any problems with that, but that's what we mm-hmm. do. So yeah, the tow behind. Yeah. So you've got an aircon unit for that as well. Yes. Yeah, it's got it's it has two slide outs for the uh, beds, which are queen beds, and then it has a the dining room area, the dinette slides out, so it has a slide out, and then it has a separate little area for a, a wet bath. It's toilet shower, so it's quite big. Two people can walk inside of it side by side. It's a mm-hmm. bigger pop up if you call it or what you call it a we, we would call it a folding trailer or folding, folding trailer yeah. right it just folds down right yes it's canvas sides is it okay yes yeah. it's got canvas sides yeah, we yeah. have two over here we have like the panini which is like a, a folding canvas tent that comes up out of the trailer and each side's like a double bed like you say and there's a single bit in the middle though mm-hmm. they're very popular and you can have a big awning off the front of it and then there's these ones which are caravans that actually fold out with solid sides Mm-hmm. they're quite interesting yes. um, to sort of look at the way they go up from next to nothing to that it's quite interesting right. just to watch one of those be put up but yeah we we do something similar like i say but we wouldn't have aircon units and mm. i mean my trailer for instance didn't even come with electric wow so my trailer yeah. was just a fiberglass shell with two doors mm-hmm. it had lights on it for obviously for legal driving but it had no electric at all so what i did was my brother-in-law's electrician so he wired up a, a fuse board. Now remember, we're on 240 volts over here. None of your little play around 110 volt electrics. <laughs> you, you can put your tongue on and it won't hurt you. How dare you? <laughs> you seem to make fun of us. I think so. He, he, he makes I mean, fun of the way we drive over here too. So okay. You know what? It works my air conditioner. Uh, you can make fun of it all you want. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. You touch that 240 volts, you'll go in the other side of the room. Oh, and, yeah. And Ooh, I'm, yeah. 
And I'm not I'm not talking about walking. No. It'll if kill you touch you. that, you it'll, might not let go of it. Yeah, it yeah. could kill you, yeah. <laughs> that wired up. I wired up two double sockets inside a trailer with USBs. That's it. That's all we've got. But I have a um, two lithium LiPo 4 power banks that have a two uh, and, and a plug that I can plug into and run anything up to 600 watts, I think it is. I have two of those. I ended up with two because I bought one and it didn't work properly. And I sent it back and then they sent, they repaired it but gave me my money back. So I bought another one and then all of a sudden this one came back. So I've ended up with two. But, you know, but th- that's how I run it. I run, I run basically most of the time with no electric hookup, just off these two lithium batteries. And I can run my right. fridge, and but I don't need aircon, you see. It wouldn't right. run an aircon unit for any length of time. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it run a fan for three or four days maybe, but it wouldn't run an aircon unit. Yeah, That's what's a- big now is a solar. Like her parents have a camper, they have solar on it. Her brother has a camper, they have solar on it. So that, that helps a little bit too. Well, I've got solar somewhere- here, yeah. I've got solar here. On. I've, got so- I've got a solar panel that folds up. I take camping, but I've got solar on the house. So I can mm. plug those in, get the electric from that, charge them up and take that with me. So it's a portable. I mean, it's got a handle on it. They're, mm-hmm. they're really portable and they've got a plug socket for your normal appliances and they've got your usbs usb c's and and like a cigarette lighter socket like you would have in a car yeah. or a 12 volt socket like that so they're absolutely brilliant for anything mm-hmm. like that for rving for camping sometimes we go tarp camping with my, with my youngest son or night fishing or something like that and they're ideal for that sort of thing yeah but obviously even in colder weather in in your in your country you're not them in your state you're not you're not going to be able to go without aircon, are you? No, no not here in Florida. No, <laughs> Dave could go. <laughs> not me. <laughs> no, it, it 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 wouldn't be very no. unple a very unpleasant stay. So, mm-hmm. do you do a lot of staying and traveling around Florida, or are you basically in the West Coast? You are, aren't you? We're in the West Coast of Florida. We do not. We don't camp enough. I don't know. I would like to go more. And I think that's where the camper van comes in. I think it would be great to be driving pull into a cracker barrel at night, next day head out, just not have anything, not need a tow vehicle, have, you know, big things to worry about. I even thought, you know, going to Disney would be easier. We just go to park in the parking lot at Disney with our camper van. At night, we can go somewhere, park and sleep, go back. We have our shower. We have everything we need in a camper van. So, but right now we are, we have three camping trips actually planned in the next oh gosh by the end of october we have three so we'll be camping a week or g3 the end of this month we're camping in october we're going to hillsborough state park and we'll be seeing some friends that camping trip shout out to the mickey file podcast oh I've heard we'll be of seeing those. them for halloween uh-huh so we're um we're gonna see them and then let's see what else do we have coming up dave we have camping. thanksgiving oh we have thanksgiving which will be over a week that's it we're doing a new state park for that trip wakiva state park which has a really big natural spring in it which is awesome so that's a new one so we try to go as much as we can we just don't do a lot in summer we try mm-hmm. it's so hot no it's unbearable so, isn't it now we're, yep. we're actually going to see you uh the end of september beginning of october could you do something about the temperatures just turn it down a notch maybe <laughs> i'll put in a request yeah, that's that's your fault <laughs> yeah yeah I, we were just recording earlier weren't we I, that was something i didn't say that the pressure of being this person that's supposed to be responsible for when when these g3s happen mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. that's no fun i'm coming next yeah. year 
and we're going to come earlier in September, but we're going to go to New York. I would really, really like to go to New York for four or five days mm-hmm. and drive down from New York mm. in an RV. That it ain't going nice. to happen. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. <laughs> I'll tell you why it isn't going to happen. We went away about four or five weeks ago, myself and Deborah in my car with the trailer behind me. And every time anyone coming away, she goes, oh, 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 and she was stop it i'm admittedly at one stage i was having to go right into the the, the hedge and i had to reverse i mean if you i uh, david you know what it's like reversing trailers i a nine foot trailer doesn't reverse particularly easily no i can drive a 40 foot truck i'd rather reverse that than i would a nine foot trailer yeah, yeah that's the thing people don't realize is the bigger the trailer is behind you the easier it oh, is to back so up yeah. so much easier to do a 40 foot trailer yeah, yeah so like i don't think it uh, i think we'll have to fly down from new york but we're going to go to new york and then fly down to florida but i'd love to do that i mean i think really we should organize some sort of road trip across to california mm-hmm. that would be um an yeah, amazing would be trip cool. to take mm-hmm. you know well I mean, somebody's got a bus haven't they maybe i could jump in there Who's got this bus yeah. I hear about? Uh, I know. we have Someone has a bus. Schoolie, as you call them, don't you? Yes. I know. We'll be seeing that schoolie, I hope, on Thanksgiving. I'm hoping to see it. Yeah, I, yeah. I have seen some photographs. It looks amazing, the conversion he's done. Some of the conversions they do on these vehicles uh, are, in, are incredible. And I just sent you a little uh, message there, David. I don't know if you've seen it on your phone, of that VW. I'm going to find where my phone is. I don't even know where my phone is. <laughs> Where's your phone? I have no idea. Welcome to my world, Kevin. Oh, he doesn't know where his phone is. As Karen Daves would say, welcome to my world. <laughs> he lost his phone. <laughs> so I do want to mention there are there are sites in Florida. If anyone listening is coming to Florida, Florida state parks are hard to reserve sometimes. But there are sites that you put in your request and it checks it checks your reservation every 10 seconds. And if that should come available they will text you right away and you have to log in quickly you have to be quick but you can get if you want a special weekend like at one of the state parks which are right on the beach you can get that if you're quick enough by using these particular sites so we have that and we also have a site which is very cool it shows you all of the campsite the actual campsites it rates them the best site so if you're thinking of going to a state park, or I think it even has RV resorts on it, you put it in, it shows you every one and it stars the best sites. So if you can get that site, that'll be a site that maybe is not near a road, not right next to the bathroom. They're just rated the best if you can get it. So we just ha- we have some cool tools here. If you're into, you know, really planning and putting the time into planning and and that kind of thing. Yeah, we, we, we get some nice um, nice ones over here on the island. Where we stayed at when we moved over, we stayed like, and you could look out to see from my caravan. I said, get out of it in the morning to go to uh, in the evening to go to work, and you could see the sun setting over the sea. Mm. And I had that view for four months. Mm. The trouble was That's all, beautiful. I, the trouble was it's all very well, but when you're having to work four night shifts and, and sleep on a campsite, which is occupied by people on holiday, it wasn't so yeah. much fun. yeah see now the rating system would have been been great because you could have picked one before you got there that had maybe barrier between you and the neighbors and you know that's what these sites allow you to do is really kind of hone in and see what you want some people don't want neighbors yeah i'm not so keen on mine behind here but there you go (laughs) 
I just found my phone and I see the the uh, I see your VW. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Oh, that is really yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one. But look at the look at what he wants for. Yeah, Can well, you... I know for as old as it is, that's quite expensive. But it looks like he's done some extensive work to it. Oh yeah, there's the, he's 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 put some out. It was done. I think he he does a glamping site here in the on the Isle of Wight because it's only just on the mm. road for me on the Isle of Wight it's not even like I've got to travel to look at it but I'm stalking mm. it at the moment so yeah. he's not had anything he's dropped he dropped the price once we'll just see it's convincing right. Deborah is the, the, the other issue she's not she's not keen she's not keen on the idea not keen on, on having, well, me having three more three vehicles she, she maybe get rid of me motorbike which is bad enough <laughs> well I've seen I've seen where you park your teardrop and I don't even know how you get it in that space but that is a tight spot so I'm not sure where you're going to keep that VW now uh, well that VW just in my parking space oh, okay. I, I have okay. a shared you've got a shared parking but you couldn't put an rv in there or a thing but you couldn't put a, a trailer in there mm-hmm. because that's breaching the um contract but an rv is okay. classed as a car because it has registration okay right oh. see now it, yeah that's a little bit different like my toe behind and my even my bigger one i had before it's not registered right so it has to be attached to a vehicle to be on the road i know you have your, your toe behinds are registered aren't they they're registered like a vehicle yeah yeah we see we don't have to pay anything. this is why it's so why caravans are so popular in the uk you don't have to insure them you don't have to register them they don't have to they have to conform conform to be safe and they have to have lights and, and stuff on them but really i can knock together a, a wooden box put it on wheels and put it behind my car oh, okay yeah so we have to register everything that we tow behind the car yeah yeah separately than the vehicle itself well i mean i mean i insure mine purely because in case somebody decides they fancy it you know and they yeah i mean it'd be funny david me and you could lift it up onto the back of a trailer it's that light yeah you know there's no wow. weight to it there's no weight mm-hmm. to it you know then mm-hmm. so it's only you know a few hundred pound so you could mm-hmm. easily lift it and, and take it if somebody wanted the damn thing so that's why it's behind a fence panel like it is but yeah it's yeah. um it's just the barest of bare minimum that i can get away with and that, I had to buy that particular model because that's, as you can see, David, it's the only thing that would fit in that parking space. Yeah. Beyond right. My, I should have put my workshop a few feet further down towards the house, but you know, at, a, at the time it was to, it was to house motorbikes. Now it just houses chopped wood. So yeah. Well, as small, as hard as those little small trailers are to, to back up, I guess you could just take it off and actually lift it yourself without the car and push it back by yourself. Oh, I push it into that, that parking space. I don't, the car's not yeah. even anywhere near there. There's a cycle right. track. <laughs> There's a cycle track behind my house and then some land. Then there's the road. And then my okay. car's parked in a car park a little bit up the road. So my car's not on my property. It's in a oh. private car park, but it's not on my property. Yeah. My house is right next to a, a main road. I've got about six foot of front garden and a pavement. And then that's the, the, the probably busiest road on the island past my house. And that's it. I, haven't got, I can't pull a car in, in my front of my house. I can't pull a car on the back because mm-hmm. there's no access. It's the UK have gone mad for cycles. Everything revolving around push bikes now. Hmm. So they really? have pavements and uh, special. They've just put one in the back of my house, which is paved and tarmac. So it makes it easy for me to push the trailer in and out now because they've widened the openings at the either end, so I can push it in and out no problem. So it's it, like I say in the UK, they've gone big league. There's a lot of fi- finance for cycling as a, obviously a clean clean form of transport. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know. If everything's accessible, yeah. I mean, for instance, well, like, what are you, do you carry... what are you paying for a gallon of gas over there? Uh, not too bad at the moment. I'm only paying one pound forty nine a liter. So what's that? About 
just under 180 a litre, four litres to the gallon, hmm. give or take. It used to be nearly two pounds to the litre at one stage. Wow. It was really expensive. This is why Deborah's cars are 600cc, three-cylinder engine, Citroen C1, that will do 70 miles to the gallon. Oh, that's great. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it will that's do, great. That's crazy. It will, do, it will do 70 to the gallon. It's a four-seater, four-door with a boot. It, so it's still really practical. And those are really ideal to tow behind a, a bigger RV. Yeah. So here in the UK, I could stick that on what they call tow wheels, which are just a trailer, which is two wheels. And you just mm-hmm. run the car onto that, strap it on, and you pull it behind. So that's something I probably do when we retire in about ten years' time. Is go for something big, bigger than what we we could we could now accommodate. We have to then find somewhere to store it at night and stuff. You couldn't very well leave it out on the road here. Or put, if I put it in a parking space here and it was over over say twenty feet long, no one else would get in and out. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't be popular. Like I wouldn't be popular. No, no. So I normally park Deborah's car in there and mine on the road. So yeah, parking mm-hmm. is a completely different. Like here in the UK, very very few houses have their own driveways. Mostly really? you're parking on the road. Yeah, especially because I would live in basically the biggest town on the island. So the cap um, a lot of these Victorian houses have no very little garden and no park, which really? is the one thing. Yeah, yeah, no parking at all. No access to the back of my garden to park my car in there. Although I've got plenty of room to park it, or would have if I, if I could get access. If yeah. you can get there, yeah. yeah. That's something we don't have to think about. I mean, most don't really, unless you're in a very restricted neighborhood, then you're not allowed. Uh, but you know when you buy it, uh, there are neighborhoods where you can't have a pickup truck in your driveway. Even yeah. if it's a brand spanking new, beautiful pickup truck, the neighborhood's just, it's not allowed. So if you can't get it in your garage and close it up, you can't have it. Things like that. But generally, if you own a house, you know, you have no problem with parking situation or, you know. Yeah, that's so something we... It's different here. Yeah, you, you've got the, the joy of having space. Whereas in the UK, mm-hmm. we are fairly restrictive for space. There are some of the smallest houses in the in the world, apart from Japan, I think. Japan's the only place in the world, really? I think, that's got a smaller meterage than we have. Yeah, if you saw really? my house, my house, this house mm-hmm. that I live in now, I know where I am at the moment, I'm in the converted loft. My living room downstairs is only 12 feet by 11 and a half, 12 feet. It's only about 12 by 12. That's my living room. And the yeah. kitchen is only, it's about 18 feet long, but it's only about eight feet wide. So it's really small. Mm-hmm. But we bought this house as a repossession cheap um, when we moved over yeah. and, and, and renovated it. Uh, the other house I own that Deborah wants to live in, but I rent it out, has <laughs> got a much bigger living room, but only has two mm-hmm. bedrooms. And what, neither of my sons will leave home. So Right. Well, we were just talking the other day about we are so, we have a small house and we're happy actually, (laughs) because we thought it was really tight at the time with two kids, you know, and when you're in that chaos of life, but now thinking about it, it's just perfect. So I'm glad we didn't upsize or, you know, it's, it's just perfect. It's not big. I think my bedroom is, uh, I think 11 by 11. One of the bedrooms is, I believe maybe 10 by 11. It's very small, three bedroom house, but it's just perfect. I don't necessarily think small is not good. I think it's less to clean, less clutter, like <laughs> less I like to air it. condition. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's where we. So yeah. right, yeah, like like I say, that that's something that in the UK we we struggle with as the size of houses. But yeah. 
the, the amount of people that own caravans now, or the new thing is, I'll say new, I suppose it's not that new, is what we call static caravans. So you'd have it, I think you call them trailers, trailer parks. So we have those, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of those on the, on the island, where they're much bigger, they're 40, 30, 40 foot long. They, due to legality in the UK, still have to have wheels on them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so there's, yeah. nobody's pulling them behind any vehicle. No. They have to go on a flatbed to um, be moved. Yeah, no static. And they're tending to use up a lot of what were originally campsites for tents, for caravans, and for stuff like that. And now they're putting these statics on. They're charging them £100,000 to buy them. They can only have them on there for 16 years. And they're charging them three or £4,000 a year in fees to keep them on uh-huh. there. And people are buying right. them, and I sort of look at it and think, you know, I'd rather spend my money so I could go elsewhere than just staying on one static static site every year. I suppose it's only a two-week holiday. I can't see, personally, me ever doing something like that. But a lot of people in the UK retire to them, and you can only stay in them right. for um, 50 weeks a year. So you have to go somewhere else for four weeks a year. They, after Christmas, most of them turn off the electric, and mm-hmm. you've got no access, and they barrier up the gates. So you've got no access in and out. So you- We have those here too. We have the same thing where people are retiring and they buy lots just, just like this. They're, they're actually large communities. They have to leave so many months a year. They're not allowed to stay all year. You have to buy the lot. You also pay just like, just like your situation. You, you have to pay annual dues or fees. And I think on our end, and I don't know if yours have different amenities because they're communities. They have like organized arts and craft dances they have big community pools and i guess that's what your annual fee goes to and it's basically a gated community but we have a lot of those in florida and people for when they have to leave their two or three months they go back up north i guess um and then come back down when it starts getting cooler so but they're very popular here as well you get these things called snowbirds as well don't you where people come down yeah. maybe even from canada for the for the uh winter and stuff mm-hmm. canada just any northern state yep because that, that's something I'd like to escape. And we don't get the winters that you get up there in the north of America, like up in New York and uh, the northern states. We don't get that sort of weather here. I've only seen snow on the island about three times in the last 20 years. And it ain't it don't stay wow. long, you know what I mean? Whereas up in the northern states, I know where Kurt Stone lives and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He's talking several feet of snow sometimes. Couldn't be dealing with that, I'm afraid. Could not be yeah. dealing with that. <laughs> Well, I used to live in New York, grew up in New York, and we had that quite a bit. I think, I think Kurt and that area gets a lot worse than we did, but I could still remember the weeks of snow. Being young, though, we liked it. We had no school and played. I mean, it wasn't a serious thing at the time. Well, we lived so, two, but I could see why people come. We lived two doors away from the school I attended, or sort of attended, but yeah, so I never got out of school, I'm afraid. Oh, man. <laughs> right. You were gypped. Yeah. Veronica, Dave, thanks very much. I'll speak to you and see you soon. Thank you. Yes. You're you're welcome. welcome. Thanks for having us on. We look forward to seeing you. I'll I'll edit. I won't be editing that out. (laughs) (laughs) It was fun. Yeah, it was. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for having us. We appreciate it. No problem. Talking to you. Yeah, good talking to you. Thanks for listening to the show today. 
If you could leave us a review on your podcasting app of choice, that would be much appreciated. Like and subscribe and share it with your friends. And why not, while you're there, subscribe to Brit's Guide to Disney Vacation Club. Go and give us a listen on our sister podcast. All contact details are in the show notes, so we will speak to you on the next show. The audio for this show has been recorded, edited and produced by Arla White Audio Productions. Hey all, David here. I'm one of the co-hosts of That Florida Podcast with an exciting update for you. I created Disney for Brits to help any Florida or Disney-loving fan make the most out of everything Disney. I started with the Disney for Brits YouTube channel and filled it with hints and tips to make your holiday magical. Then I became a Disney and Universal qualified travel agent to help you find the best holiday at the right price. And as I'm a learning machine, I've also trained with the world's greatest cruise lines, hotel chains and much more from Virgin to MSC, Cunard to Hilton. So don't spend hours looking, comparing and searching for the very best holiday. Let me do all the hard work for you. Find me on Facebook and Insta at d for b travel That's the letter D, the number 4, the letter B, travel. All you non-Disney fans, and I know you exist, haven't been left out. Check out Ollie Travels, where my fox red cockapoo curates all the best non-Disney holidays out there. From cruises to all-inclusive, family value holidays to the most luxury holidays you can find. He finds them all. Check him out on Instagram and Facebook at Ollie Travels. Find out more about everything I do to help you at www.disneyforbrits.com. That's Disney, D-I-S-N-E-Y, the number four, Brits.com. If you're a fan of Disney pins and magical merchandise, check out Pin Imagineers. It's a haven for pin collectors and enthusiasts with bucket loads of information, regular sales, ops and giveaways. And you're joining one of the quickest growing pin communities in the UK. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at pin-imagineers. Look forward to seeing you again on another podcast and can't wait to help you on any of my channels. As our pal Mickey says, I'll see you real soon.